This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. They just have a different set of challenges. Like, there's more that weighs on them because of the public aspect. Trust becomes a different thing. I think, be it professional sports are, you know, people in finance, people in banking, people in other areas that make a lot of money. Money changes the game in a way. People's true colors come out sometimes. And I think when you're in a space where you don't always know who you can trust, it just changes it. Like the way you move about the world changes it. So in some ways it's incredible and amazing, but I would also not to speak for anyone here, but I think there's also things where it's like, oh, that's, I could actually kind of go without this or that. There's challenges. There's a lot of gifts, but there's a lot of challenges. Balance and perspective, two things we all seek. But for pro athletes, this can make the difference between win and lose, season and career. If you don't know the name Claire Fountain yet, you definitely know her work. She's a yoga coach to pro athletes and celebrities such as LeBron James and countless other major NBA, MLB, NFL players, and Olympic athletes. She's partnered with many of the biggest apparel brands in the country and has been featured by some of the largest TV and news outlets around. Ironically, Claire was never looking for public success. She just wanted to feel good and yoga mentally saved her and gave her an outlet. Through determination and an entrepreneurial spirit and just being great at what she does, Claire has grown quickly as a celebrity in the social media space and become a sought after coach to help athletes and celebrities become stronger mentally and physically. Coming up, you'll hear how she's utilized social media platforms to grow her presence and grow it effectively, how she has been rewriting her own story brand transcript and her fight for the freedom to not be boxed in in a digital space. And last but not least, the pursuit of her own sense of balance and perspective. Plus, what the hell is authenticity? I am a champion. I'm winning, I'll win it all. I'm Dale Moss, and this is The Game Plan. We are joined by Claire Fountain, a celebrity yoga coach and mental health advocate. Uh, how you doing today, Claire? Uh, well, so, thank you. All right, so we're we're gonna dive dive right in. Uh, obviously, yoga has been a platform for you, uh, but there's so many li- different layers to to your story. But why why yoga, and what has that done for you mentally? Well, that's a big question. That's a big question to start off with. Hey, we're just going going right for it. I think most people know me for yoga, and it's nice that that's what has gotten people's attention. But my own story with yoga was I got into it when I was like 15 or 16 years old during a bunch of like mental health-related issues around depression and anxiety and a terrible (laughs) eating disorder. So I didn't really have – not to say I didn't have an option. I had a lot of resources. I had therapists, et cetera, et cetera, but – I'd heard of like yoga can help. Yoga mm-hmm. can help with your mental state. And I thought, you know what, what do I have to lose? And so I started doing yoga and kind of everything changed from there. And I think I've always said that it's like, I don't know if yoga saved me or if it like gave me the tools to save mm-hmm. myself, but it was a like really powerful tool that was part of my journey to a different space mentally. Yeah. So. And, and I think that's, that's one thing that you see uh, just generally people are – taking a more holistic approach Mm -hmm. to overall life. And, you know, we, we mentioned obviously to kick off, uh, how mental health is an issue, which we're we're definitely going to get into, but the practices and the techniques that you learn, um, within a practice and the discipline, 
especially when the world is so fast all the time, is is something that I see more people definitely gravitating to, um, and especially pro athletes. I know that um, you know when I was playing in the NFL. It was initially like no one was doing yoga. Now it's like one of the hottest things. Um, and, you know, you, you definitely have some experience with working with pro athletes. What is that acceptance of that holistic approach in yoga been like within the, the pro sports world? I mean, I think that's that's like a really incredible thing. Like even not moving away from NFL, but moving to the NBA mm-hmm. space. Like when I worked with LeBron at the skills, his skills academy that camp during the summer. Yeah. Those images of him doing yoga, what that meant for like the yoga world mm-hmm. was it for me that was really big because That's it was monumental. It's yeah, LeBron James. There's actually I've had other yoga teachers say that they've had younger kids, like high school age kids, walk into their studio mm-hmm. and be like, "Hey, I want to do yoga," and they're like, "Do you know what yoga is?" And they're like, "Yeah, I saw LeBron doing it, and like I think it's good <laughs> for my game." Like, don't not even really knowing what it is, yeah. like, just knowing it's that thing that could probably help me like be better at my sport. Exactly. And I mean, yes, it's like way deeper than that. It's not just like do yoga and you become incredible but you know you know this the gifts of yoga are not just the physical and Mm -hmm. like the mobility and like keeping your body safe because you have like a healthier range of motion but it's like the mental endurance as well and like the mental clarity that comes because there's there's stress in the space of performing right and athletics is performing yeah there's pressure there's competition there's all these other layers i mean then you have your real life on top of that so there's all these other layers to how yoga becomes like a really beneficial like, mm-hmm. aside to anybody who's playing a sport or wants to play a sport. And, and just the balance and, uh, you know, a different level of discipline. And I think the stress and the burnout is something uh, that, you know, more athletes are coming out with. They're talking about, you know, they have anxiety, they have burnout, um, you know, they're really stressed about if they're even going to keep their position. Is that something that athletes have come to you as a stress reliever or has it been a performance enhancer or... Are kind of a combo. I mean, I think sometimes coming to yoga is just like, I just know it's going to be like, it'll just help me with my sport. Mm-hmm. I don't think people, I mean, and this goes for athletes, but also for regular people. It's, I mean, it's terrible to say regular people, but people who do not play a sport as their job and yeah. profession, right? <laughs> regular people. That go, you know what? Yoga is good for me, but I don't really, I can't really tell you why. Yep. And so you get there and it's like, Yoga gives you the answers along the way. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to go to one class and be like, oh, my God, I'm enlightened. I'm incredible at my job now or like yep. oh, why I'm a way better partner. But yoga forces you to be present mm-hmm. and it forces you to slow down a little bit and to tune in more. And yeah. when you can tune in more, you're more self-aware. And when you're more self-aware, you know who you are more, which is like you're more authentic. You're more yourself. And then you feel like you can like carry out carry out your life in the world better like it's just it's like the gifts that kind of come slowly Mm -hmm. so what do they normally come from i think it's from the athletic sport side of it because they're always trying to do things to help their bodies but yeah push the envelope and perform at a higher level and then find something now you know they find something they never expected And you can find the breathing and then of course it's also doing it in like a conscious way because it's not always great during whatever you're playing during different seasons to Mm -hmm. do it during the season it's better as an off-season thing so it really just depends. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not even a one size fits all. But yeah. it's like taking the the parts of the practice, like the breathing or the staying present, and like I know taking pictures. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Is is what's going to be something that can carry you through? I mean, even my own practice. People think, oh my god, you must do yoga like five times a week, and I'm like, I don't pra- I do not practice because yoga is like. It's not the asana, right? Those are the poses. And that's mm-hmm. what people think is all it is, is. You just go and you do these poses and they're uncomfortable and they're challenging. That is what but one I, part I did of yoga it. this morning and it's, it's it's staying consistent with it is a challenge in itself. Yeah. But it's something that I, I I know I'll never perfect, but it yeah. gives me something to strive for. Like I'm, I'm still feeling the effects. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, no. It's more of a lifestyle for me at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a peace. Like, there's, like, my breathing patterns are slow and, like... I just have like a calmness, yeah. but I know that that comes from practicing for so long. So with your position in that space, I would say a lot of, there's no doubt you're, you're an expert source. Uh, some people would probably even call you a hero in that space, you know, when they make you a superstar in, in the yoga space as a celebrity yoga coach. But, uh, you know, in our conversation before you, you mentioned you see yourself more as a guide. Can you dive into that? Yeah, we spoke about this the other day, and I think it gets really mixed up. And even for myself, it gets mixed up. And this is going to be a long story, but we're going to come back to the point, <laughs> especially because of the social media space, right? Like, I totally. never wanted to do yoga full time. Like, I still don't. But that's, I guess, what happened in the social media space. That this social media IG fitness and IG yoga like popped off. And the irony is, like, I would get tangled up because what I valued and thought was so sacred and wonderful about about yoga isn't something that I think a platform like Instagram can even really value. Yeah, like you can't really show. I'm really present right now. Like, you know, I can't, like, you can't really show, like, I'm fighting these demons, but I feel better about it. Like, it's just visual. It's a very visual platform. It's about, like, extremes. And even if you look at pages now, it's, like, the more extreme positions, the more flexibility. If you look a certain way, you have a certain type of clothing on. Like, that's what people think it is. And it, it, it can deter away from the actual yeah. principles of the practice. And, yeah. Um, yeah, some of the most popular people in that space may be doing these crazy postures that, probably are going to leave them injured pretty soon, but they're but not a not, source. Yeah, that's for not longevity. the practice. Yeah, yeah, that's not the practice though. So then I started thinking, you know what, like this isn't actually my main like goal. Mm-hmm. So I actually have taken a step back and I don't even really post yoga anymore yeah. because it's like the message is bigger than that. Like the message is deeper. Like I got into this for depression, like for mental health related issues. Exactly. It wasn't to see how flexible I could become or, mm-hmm. you know, to see how intense of a practice I could do. It was like, I just want the gift. So I don't find my own practice to be quite exciting. It's quite repetitive. It's, you know, it's like the same things. Like I find that the soothing part for me is that it's in repetition. Mm-hmm. So yoga hasn't even really been the thing like that. But because I was on a platform that is so like visual, people started associating with like, oh man, it's you and your yoga journey. That's all we want to talk about. And like, you're the hero of yoga. And I'm like, no, it's really not. And they it, not yeah. even understanding... Like you said, it's a platform and it's something that you're passionate about. And uh, I don't want to say it saved you, but it, you know, it helped you learn discipline in different areas. But your story, your brand script is is so much more than that. Yeah, um, but I've had to consciously do that. Yeah, because even like a, like a platform like Instagram will put you, it will pigeonhole you really easily, mm-hmm. and that has never felt authentic for me. Because yeah. like when I started posting yoga stuff, it's because I felt it was. It was it was my stuff, but it also wasn't being done like in the streets and like wearing, you know, streetwear and like everything's a copycat league. No matter what space you do it in marketing and sports and in entertainment, you know, if you can be original with it, but then you got to transform. Well, you have to evolve. And this is where I think the difference between an influencer and like someone who's truly a tastemaker or someone who shifts culture forward. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. People who are like moving culture or like actual tastemakers, they're evolving constantly. So they're not cool now, but everyone will be on their shit in like a year. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're not, they're not the ones that are allowed, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that even in that space, like once I did what I thought was cool, like I've evolved, like I've moved on. And Mm -hmm. that's where it gets complicated when people want you to keep doing the same thing. Like 
we hire you to do the same stuff. And right. I'm like, that's not what I, that doesn't even feel real for me. So it's a constant evolution. Yeah. And that's why the brand script is changing and I'm working, like I'm consciously working to move it in the direction I want that mm -hmm. feels the best for me. And you do take a hit, like you take a hit in certain areas because people like things to fit in nice, neat little boxes. Like you're the thick yoga teacher. That's all we want from you. And like they, how they, dare they you have an it. opinion? Yes. It's just like when you're framing a conversation, like positioning them in a way where, you know, you're positioning your, your future career, your future success. I think a lot of people, a lot of athletes, a lot of just in anybody in career transition, mm -hmm. they have to change their mind. They have to really change their thought process. It's not necessarily where you are now. It's putting it out there into the universe on where you want to be. And I use this word lightly right now, not with you, but just because we're going to get into the conversation about authenticity oh, yeah. and how it's been so watered down. But, um, you know, it's, it's people are either going to pick it up or put it down. They're going to either take what you're selling to a degree or not. And like the way you've built your brand, the following that you've built, you know, they're going to want to align with the future projects that you're doing. I mean, that's the goal. Yeah. You want to say like, like me for me, like, and hopefully if you support me, you're going to support the things that I'm doing, you know, yeah. but you have to accept some people won't. Mm -hmm. And that is where, I mean, we spoke about this the other day, but this idea of like, people ask, God, I was on a panel the other day, not bad, but they were like, how do you maintain like authenticity? And I'm like, Authentic the fact you have to <laughs> ask how to be you, like how to be your real self is yeah. problematic because the minute it's contrived, you're not you anymore. And this is where people get it confused because like social media and doing quote unquote well on there to some extent is popularity right mm -hmm. so people think okay well i'll do well if i'm authentic so how do i become authentic that's not you've lost it the it's like some secret sauce like it, yeah, you've lost it or they go well that person is doing well so i have to be what that person is mm -hmm. once again you've lost it that's not you but you have to go through this process of being like okay with not everybody liking you because authenticity is not popularity it's not one in the same i think people especially in a a space like like Instagram or something, they care about being liked. Mm -hmm. Like they want to be liked. And they think, well, if I don't fit in this like narrow box, I won't be liked. But that's the thing about authenticity is you probably won't always be liked. It, it's, and that's it's okay. It's definitely going against the grain. Because even how you talk about that downturn, you know, I remember transitioning outside of sports and, you know, roughly three and a half years ago, mm. I was one of the first NFL athletes to actually sign with a major modeling agency and be working while I was actively playing. Now that wasn't, and at that time it was seen as taboo, maybe like feminine or whatever, but it wasn't for me. It was like, I love my platform of sports. I know I want to do things eventually in entertainment and build a brand beyond this. Mm. This is a platform that I see as you know a great opportunity to create a life you know that i didn't even necessarily know all the steps that were going on in between yeah. but i knew it was an opportunity and it was something like i knew i wanted to be in media i felt comfortable in front of a camera so i was like you know fuck it i'm gonna just step outside the box and do it and then you know you see the trend how you said people catch up a year later a year mm -hmm. and a half later and now you know going back on the authenticity it's like people want to align brands want to be more authentic then an algorithm is somehow figuring out authentic posts it's it, it's absolutely i don't know yeah none of it makes any sense and i think authenticity is a hard thing too because i think it's very trite advice for people to like oh just be yourself do what you love <laughs> i hate that because it's not realistic 
from a work standpoint or a career standpoint, which is a whole other conversation, but it's not realistic because society will say, be yourself, but yeah, not like that. Yeah. Like we still live in a world that's very much based on judgment and assumptions. And I mean, there's also this idea with like being yourself. There's a lot of people, I mean, myself included with gender or like there's race, et cetera, where mm-hmm. you have to not be yourself for other people's comfort or even assimilate as a form of like protection or peace. Right. Yeah. So then it's like, how can I be me? So I think authenticity is kind of a daily re-educating and like up, up, like to yourself by yourself of yourself if that makes sense like you just have to every day reaffirm who you are and what you're about yeah and where you make concessions with that and where you don't and, that, and those are things that definitely change yeah you know even experiences the more well-rounded you are i think the more you can take a step back and just see things for what it is try to be non-judgmental in it but there is no right or wrong way. We're constantly evolving. And in a city like New York or even in the space that you're in and you're dealing with so many people in so many different circumstances. And, you know, I would believe people are just opening up, you know, their hearts to you in so many different ways. Like that can, if you're not strong-willed and you're not constantly reaffirming where you stand, that can change a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing when it's so that even that whole question of how did you maintain it? It's like, I'm good on me. Like, I'm good on me. Like, I'm open minded and I'll take in things and I'm curious. I remain curious about my feelings, my thoughts, um, thought processes, et cetera. But like, you're good on you. And Mm -hmm. that's, I think, where that would be the advice to anybody who's like struggling with that, you know? Yeah. And like not thinking you have to like coddle other people's insecurities or thought patterns. Yeah. No, I I, I definitely agree with that. And I, I think we talk about authenticity. And one thing I definitely want to catch up on uh, after we take this break is what it means to be truly influential, because I know you have a oh, great yeah. perspective on that. And that's a great conversation. And there's a difference, you know, popularity versus authentic. But if you're truly influential and making an impact. So coming up, you'll hear more from Claire on what it means to be truly influential. Here's what I want you to do. Check out all the episodes of The Game Plan at my website, officialdalemoss.com. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and wherever the best podcasts are found. We just got done talking about influence and authenticity, but with the growing social media trend and the influencer label that goes around, has there ever been a time where you felt pressure from a brand to be something different than your core values or? That's a, whew, I mean, if you know my personal life right now, you'd be like, yeah, no, exactly the right question. But there's things <laughs> that I like legally can't talk about. But um, this whole space, like the idea of an influencer, right? Whenever something, I actually talked to a chick this morning about it, but whenever something becomes like, that's the way to reach people, that's the way to reach an audience. They trust her or they trust him or they trust this platform the person has built. Yep. Brands are going to love to jump on that. And when they let it be organic, like when they say, hey, your audience trusts you, so try our stuff. If you like it, then we'll come up with a plan that mm-hmm. will behoove and benefit both of us, right? And then it still feels organic. Those because, are the like, ones that are doing it right, Yeah, too. but some of them now, because it is, this is what happens when anything gets corporate, it has become really contrived. They and have like, to control, control as it well. Is, it's a lot. And yeah. it's like controlling in a space that hasn't even really been navigated yet. Mm-hmm. So contractually 
that was a big word, contracts and all that kind of stuff. It's, you don't even really know how to word some of it because it hasn't existed before. Like they're used to dealing with like hiring, you know, a model or talent yep. and then a production company and then paying everybody separately. But now that like I am the production company, I'm going to have different fees and different rates for different things. And I'm going to want creative control for a lot of it. And I'm going to want to be able to use my voice because you're hiring me not because because I'm a media outlet, but mm-hmm. on some level, yes, but because I'm not a contrived media outlet, you're hiring me to be me. So there, there's a lot of butting heads and it's getting to not, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say a breaking point, but it's, fe- it's felt way more peak the mm-hmm. last few months than it has ever before. Yep. And that I think it's, I'm not going to say it's troubling, but it's going to like catch up with brands that aren't doing it in like a really organic way. Well, and the ones that are doing it right and the ones who are giving... <clears throat> I will say I don't want to say flexibility, but yeah. they're they're you're an expert in your space. You're uh, a, a great content creator, but like you should be, and what you are currently doing is developing these campaigns and helping them, not only um, ensuring that your brand and your direction and you're presented in the proper light, but that the practice and whatever you're doing is respected. Because I think I've seen it from a standpoint where an influencer, and I use that word so lightly, I think like we're professionals, creative, whatever, but they're now creative directors and they're building out these campaigns for the brands. The ones that will allow it are definitely having success. Um, and the ones that aren't, they're they're going to completely fall off. Well, of course they will. I mean, there's girls who are in college now because, okay, coming up, mm-hmm. now kids can actually say being a YouTuber, being influencer is a job title. Still shocking to me that that's a possibility because I think you have to be skeptical of any platform that 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 grows as quickly. Uh-huh. It can also fall apart really quickly. I mean, hell, everybody thought Snapchat was incredible and it's gone. Yeah. Like it's gone. Vine has already died as well. Like these things are coming and going really quickly. So when when they asked me, oh, how do I do it? And I was like, I always tell them, have a skill set. Like have a skill set. Your your skill set can't just be. I'm attractive and I can take a nice photo, right? Like offer something else, like offer it, a little more substance. And yeah, it's, exactly. It's an empty. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's empty, and you're easily replaceable. Exactly, and that sounds terrible. There's but no like, value. Even in the fitness space, I can't tell the difference in a lot of these people's pages. Mm-hmm. It could be one of four hundred girls. It all it all looks the same. Yeah. There's no, you know, personality that's unique. There's no unique voice. There's not even a unique message because they're just all repackaging the same message. Same message over and over. And that's not gonna I mean maybe it's like sustaining you for a little while, but it's not what keeps anybody going. I think know? that's a, a big misconception too, because you see all these uh whether it's in the modeling space or, you know, via so- social media, these Instagram famous or uh influencers you know I'll label it as that. But the ones who are ha- going to have success, if you want to sustain it, it's a business. You have to treat you it like a business. You have to create a business. And utilize that platform. Everyone thought football, and I knew football was a great platform for me, but they think I was booking all these opportunities. I was doing all these just because of the NFL. Now, in retrospect, yes, it provided maybe a door might open or a little bit, something to set apart a little bit, but less than 5% of pro athletes who are in the space actually work, you know? And then also the grind and having to learn, things have changed so fast that even six to eight months ago, it's not the same. Like the marketing aspect, the career building, and then there's so many people out here who can't monetize and they can't sustain and turn this into a life, but they've devalued themselves early on, in my opinion. Yeah, Yeah, I know that happens. So, so... 
What do you think it means to be be truly influential? I mean, you have to know your like you have to know what your why is. Mm-hmm. Like what is it's like impact, right? Like influence is actually impact based. Like so what is your why? Mm-hmm. I think a big part of that is doing your homework. Like knowing what you're about. Like if you're about, you know, I don't know, vegan recipes, know about it. Be able to answer questions. Be able to field questions. Are you vegan? You. No. No. Okay. No. I wasn't. Oh, wait. I, yeah. Life, I think you said you no. had a burger. I did okay, have a earlier. burger last night. Yeah. I've tried the vegan thing. I didn't mean to uh, interrupt Derail. when you talk about yeah, food. Yeah, I mean, it's like okay. a, hot, it's a hot topic right now. Everybody so wants to influential. Eat. Let's vegan. get back on topic. Yeah. No, I think you have to know your why. You have to do your homework. You have to have a really powerful network like of the people around you that are mm-hmm. going to support what you're doing. Um, you have to be able to get your message out in the way you want to get it out, kind of regardless of the platform. So you have to shape the platform to what is going to work the best for you, right? Like if you're providing knowledge, like I care about talking and I care about knowledge. So I'm getting way more into like places where I get to talk. Because yeah. as nice as it is to be like admired for what you look like, it doesn't feed my soul it doesn't feed anything but your voice and your story like that's something that's meant to be shared you can't do that in a caption and you're engaging obviously you know the show is going you know amazing uh you you've developed a following but you know you've developed um a loyalty from people because they believe what you say and you practice what you preach. You're going back to school for uh, uh, some more advancing in the mental health space, correct? Yeah, for counseling and psychotherapy. Okay. Fun. I may even get a – I'm may. i looking into like psych D and PhD programs because I'm like, hell, you know what? If I'm going to be in school for this long and I've managed – I've realized that I can manage doing the coursework with my business, mm-hmm. um, I might as well do it. I mean, and I also think it's an important thing for me to show women that like – all this stuff is possible. Like, yeah. There's a way. Like I didn't, you know, for as much privilege as I have in some spaces, like I had to figure out a way to go back to school, right? Like I had to figure this out. And like it's possible. It's not easy, but it's possible. And like mm-hmm. I don't have anybody supporting me while I'm going back to school, right? Like this isn't me moving in with a partner or doing anything that like or a family to say, oh, like now I'm going back to school. No, like it was a grind. And yeah. it's not easy, but it's the choice I'm making because it feels the best for me. And it's what's going to. I think be the most impactful yeah. for the work I'm doing is I think, to be as credentialed as possible in a real way. Exactly. And, yeah. and especially when you're going in the mental health space. Um, but even like, I feel knowledge is power. I can tell that uh, when you talk about honing in on a craft, that's something that's extremely important to, uh, to you. And then also just the empowerment, um, you know, especially now there's so much talk on the me too movement and women empowerment it, it, there there seems to be a double standard in so many mm-hmm. so many instances but you know uh, uh, some of our previous guests we've talked about women growing that community together whereas a lot of time women themselves are divided what's your take on something like that um what do you mean women are divided in terms that we compete with each other and uh, yeah in the competition or maybe and... it's in the business space um yeah I mean that's the whole idea with anything with women or other we'll say more marginalized people in certain businesses that, that hasn't always been the norm that they're yeah. there in some cases, it's this idea that there's only one seat at the table. Exactly. So if I get this seat, I can't really tell you about it because you might take it from me. Mm-hmm. And that's not the the way to ever look at it, right? Like, I don't compete with women because in my head, if you're dope and you're doing cool stuff and you know more than I do, great. That is work I don't have to do. And this you can learn. Wonderful. Like, we can all come learn. together exactly. and we're more powerful when we support each other. And, like, you have your specialties. I have my specialties. Like, cause mm-hmm. nobody is an exact carbon copy of one another, even if you're in the same space. And I don't, I don't believe – in we're not competing in this world as much as people like to think you know you talk about alignment but 
relationships legitimately helping somebody. Um, and I feel like so many people are worried about this person might get this job opportunity or there's so much going on. And, but that's like internal stuff. Yeah. Like, Cause if really you're good, is. then I'm not good. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. You can still be great and other people can be great too. Yep. Like I can know a lot, but like, you know what? There's people who know more than me and there's, you know, they, they're incredible at their jobs too. Like it's not to say one is better or less than the other or to, to fight all the time in that sense. But I think the whole, when you bring up like me too and women's empowerment, that is, there's so many places we could go from that one comment. Because exactly. Even the whole thing with me in school is like, I ran into this situation where like, I believed women could be everything, right? Like I was mm -hmm. also brought up that like academia was really important, being smart. Like you were valued for what you had in your head, not, not just, you know, not what you looked like. And women are taught that our highest value from a society standpoint is, is in our appearance. Mm -hmm. And even I think on social media, we have to be skeptical. I've heard this and I liked it positioned this way, but they said we have to be skeptical of things that look and feel like empowerment, but aren't empowerment. I think that 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 is a strong, strong point. Yeah. Like when you talk, like what's it's almost going back to what's truly influential, yeah. what's truly empowering, or what's a trend. You know, yeah. what like are I people trying to get body on board? Type and yeah. I wear a bikini. Oh, I'm empowered. It's like, no, I'm just confident. And I'm not. I just don't have body shame. Mm -hmm. That's different. That's different. Empowerment is being able to speak up for yourself, not getting into toxic situations or relationships. You know, feeling like you are worthy of being paid a certain amount. You're worthy of having a voice. You're worthy of like, you know, holding space in your families, your communities, your environments, et cetera. Like that's empowerment. Yeah. You know, and that's very different. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think it's definitely one of those things that I feel a lot of people are afraid to touch on. Uh, it's a touchy subject in the marketing space, uh, just in general, but more and more. And it also there's just so much, negativity that goes on well also it reminds people of something or people who've been successful in a space because of what they look like and i mean i have to admit this for myself it's also part of why i was like what can i do that's going to help me feel fulfilled because it's not connecting like what i was doing wasn't connecting for me mm -hmm. it's like this is cool but it doesn't feel right yeah and it's this idea of like i'm just being valued for what i look like for the most part it's not a hundred percent nor was it zero but it was like that didn't feel right. So there's a lot of cognitive dissonance in that sense because nobody wants to admit that, like, I'm only popular because of what I look like. Yeah. It feels shallow. It mm -hmm. doesn't serve you. It doesn't feed your soul. And, like, I see people trying to reposition themselves, but it's hard because, like, part of repositioning is admitting, like, how – what you came from and, and like, not, not – um, you know, making any excuses for kind of the society that we live in yep. or the way that it came up, you know. Mm -hmm. And on the one hand, yes, it's great. Like, has it on some levels afforded me a platform? Yeah, but do I also have a social responsibility now in my mind to provide something of substance in an otherwise vapid space? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So one thing I'm, you know, very curious about, and I know that our audience would love to hear, you've worked with so many influential people, so many athletes. Um in in numerous sports, what are some of the characteristics that they share uh, that you've picked up on? Well, I mean, it's the same thing that you could say about anybody who's done well in their space. Mm -hmm. These are just the ones that are public that I think people see. And I think we also sensationalize certain jobs as like, because there's more exposure. Mm -hmm. But if I would say with people that are successful in general, it's like, there's like a focus that goes along with that. Yeah. It's Warren, Warren Buffett. One of his number one things, all he talks about is focus. Yeah. There's like a focus and there's kind of like a, 
a goal or an end goal that they kind of know. It's like the whole thing with like being influential is knowing your why. This mm -hmm. is like knowing where your North Star is and then being able to go, okay, well, that's where I'm trying to get. How do I get there? What are my steps to get there? But with the people, I've yeah, it's just a focus. And as much as it's like, well, they're in the spaces that they're in, it must be different. I mean, they have a different set of challenges. Mm -hmm. That's, I think, the really big thing is they just have a different set of challenges. Like, there's more that weighs on them because of the public aspect. Exactly. Um, trust becomes a different thing. I think, be it professional sports are, you know, people in finance, people in banking, people in other areas that make a lot of money, money changes the game it in a way. It completely changes the game. You know, and people's true colors come out sometimes. And I think when you're in a space where you don't always know who you can trust, it just changes it. Like mm -hmm. the way you move about the world changes it. So in some ways it's incredible and amazing, but I would also, not to speak for anyone here, but I think there's also things where it's like, oh, that's, I could actually kind of go without this or that. Yeah. You know, it makes, there's challenges. There's it's, a lot of gifts, but there's a lot of challenges. And, and I don't think a lot of people really, really understand like that. They say more money, more problems and things along those lines. But, uh, you know, it's with the good always always comes the bad, and especially when you're dealing with people of that caliber, mm -hmm. it's the the, the problems um, are definitely magnified. Um, so, what would you say? Like, how have you grown from your experience as your career has grown and being around some of these uh, these type of people? Well, I mean, it was never a thing for me. I just people are people to exactly. me. Exactly, like, there's people. To, they're just people. Like, there's people with a different job, and this is just who I happen to work around. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the only time I was ever. Only time I was ever starstruck was like a yoga teacher whose, <laughs> whose DVDs I had watched when I was like a kid, like yeah. like thirteen or fourteen before I even really started yoga, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's the yoga guy!" Uh -huh. and like that is, that's like, and if I met Neil deGrasse Tyson, oh I, I, my the, god, I have such a crush on him. <laughs> I had uh, when I met Jerry Rice, I used to idolize him growing up. So I met him in Tampa when I was playing with the Bucks, and like that was one time, mm -hmm. kind of how you say. It, I've never been starstruck, yeah. but in that moment, I like freezed up and I'm like shaking. I shook his hand and he's smoking a cigar and I'm like, I can't even speak to you right now. It was there's like, a personal connection. But yeah. other than that, it's like they're just people with different jobs. You know, it's like you work at these major brands and when you're a kid, you're like, oh, man, that's like the, this brand is so untouchable. Who are these people? Yep. And now in New York, you're like, oh, it's a giant office and they're actually normal people like Pe you and they just have different people. jobs. Yeah, that's really what it is. Yeah, and so, I think it's always like just getting down to – people talk about humanizing or oh, yeah. like bringing down to that eye level. And when you can get through all the other stuff and just see eye to eye – perspective on people and the world completely changes uh coming up you'll hear claire share her outlook on the future and all the pieces that she's putting in place to ensure that is, is a future that she wants here on the game plan podcast i want to know who you'd like to see on the game plan hit me up on instagram at dale moss 13 or at thegameplanpodcast.com and let us know. And if your suggestion makes it on, I'll give you a shout out on the show. You've shared your start, your journey through the yoga space. Um, obviously the mental health, you're going back to school, but how do you feel about the future and what pieces are you putting in place just to ensure that you know it's, it's a future that you want? I mean, I think a lot about sustainability and longevity. Right? Mm -hmm. 
And though I am like a free spirit and I have kind of just always done what I wanted and was like, I'll figure it out. It'll, it'll all figure itself out. That didn't always serve me so well. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it took getting to like my, my mid thirties to be like, mm, I should probably figure this out. So in the sense of like figuring it out, I thought, how, what do I want this to look like? What, mm -hmm. am, what is actually going to feel the best for me? And like ideal world, if I could delete everything and not be public and be even more private, because I do live a lot of my life privately, like it's important to me, like yep. to have things that are just mine. Um, if I could do that, it would make the most sense. But I also think like part of, you know, the gift in the space I'm in is being able to like expose people to things and be a source of knowledge or a, or a place for resources. Or like we were talking about earlier, like being a guide, like saying, hey, let me bring all this to you if I can help you in that way. Mm -hmm. Right. So not kind of, you know, shitting on the, the platform I've built, but saying, how can I turn it into something and how can I like shape shift this platform into something that works for me? Because it gets the the rest of it as it is now is quite exhausting, you know, and it even ties back to what we were talking mm -hmm. about, about brands and about how it's going to become so corporate or so commercialized at some point, it's going to lose the essence of what's there. So, I mean, I work with like a strategist and like, I really want to so not so I really want to like think about how this could look and how I'd like it to look and how I'm going to get there. How, how, what has that process been like working on a strategist? And, and let me be clear. So, and this is to help you. This is business and because business is like the lucrative and the monetization yep. side of it and the brand side of it is like image and voice, et cetera. So. Okay. So what has that process been like? Well, it's not my strong point, which yeah. is why I had to outsource it. And like yeah. it took me so long to get to this point because everyone's like, oh, yeah, you can just like grassroots. Like you can just do this. No one knows you better than you. And I'm like, that's true. But I also believe that like if you don't tell your story, someone else will tell it for you and they will probably get it wrong. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know how to like – we'll say weed through all this stuff in your head because I'm like a thinker. I overthink everything. Think I overwrite everything. Like, And I'm too busy trying to keep doing my work to go, okay, let me sit back and write about myself. Like, That's quite difficult. It's perspective as yeah. well, though, Like, especially when you seek knowledge. It's no different than on yeah. the show and having a producer on set, you know, just to make sure that it's shared, shared properly. Um, was that hard for you to give up a little bit of that control right away? No, not the control part. I was like, please help me. Okay. Please help me make sense of this because I'm getting in my own way and I can't move forward in the spaces I want to move forward in because I'm just all – I feel like I'm all over the place sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it's like it takes somebody else that is kind of a non-biased – you know, party that can just flesh, flesh through your stuff. Yeah. They can just sift through it for you and say, these are the key points. These are your takeaways. This is how we're going to shape what you move, like, and how you move and what you do moving forward, which has been really helpful. And then like having a team around me that does things that are like things I can't do or yeah. can't do well, or being able to say, well, this is my vision and this is what I want. And like help me get to that point. Like I think that's like incredible, and that's the only way to build that or to build something it's, that has scalability. You know, you ha you have to have a team, and I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with because they feel like they can do any and everything themselves. And newsflash, like you can't do it. You have to have a team, and there's people who are specialized and can provide perspective mm -hmm. and help you in different areas that you're not you're not accustomed to you know i i know that when i was transitioning out of sports that was the hardest thing for me to find people who i didn't want to jeopardize my integrity i didn't want to it, again it wasn't a control thing but i didn't want to be misrepresented because i felt my entire life i had been doing everything possible to represent myself and my family in the best way do you, possible did you ever think that you'd been pigeonholed as an athlete 
Oh, totally. There was so, everybody just looked at you as like a jock. Or so something. many. Like I, a, I can't tell you how many that what times. They called him? Yeah, like this the guy who plays sports. Yeah, the, I can't tell you how many times I was. I'd have a conversation. They're like, I don't get it. Like, how are you so well spoken? You played football. Like you're an athlete. And uh, in my mind, I'm like, are you, like, are you, are you dumb? Like, I'm not stupid. I'm educated. I have two majors. I went back to school for continued education. Like the fact that, and that's a problem. I think, you know, with sports is so much people's lives so much, but I stepped outside the box. I was a basketball player and a football player in college. And I chose to leave the game because a, you know, you talk about injuries and things like that, but I didn't want someone to, I didn't, I wanted more control of my life and I wanted to write my own story. And I felt like that was just a chapter and there was so much more to be written. Yeah. And it's, I mean, sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't feel fulfilling when you're like, that's mm -hmm. all they think I can be. Yeah. And I think it's, it's tough when people take that on as identity. Yeah. That's all I am. Like that's their whole identity. Because what if that goes away? You well, know, it's the it, whole idea of self-esteem and self-worth. Like, you know. Yeah. You're, and you're giving up control. You're giving up control of yourself, your value. Sometimes when you're. You're letting everybody else and external outside factors define who mm -hmm. you are. For you instead of doing it yourself. You yeah. Because there's a there's a fine line, and I think this is a great topic, and um, I'm glad we, we kind of got into this point, of alignment or representation, you know, working in alignment with an agency, uh, a brand, a manager. But I think sometimes people allow that to overshadow or they fall under that umbrella and almost lose themselves and disappear to a degree. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That can happen. But it's a, it, it can definitely be comfortability um, and fear, right? You, you're stepping into a space unknown. Um, but you got to get out there and, yeah. And that goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning of this about, like, you kind of can't be afraid of not being liked. <laughs> like, because if you say, hey, I want to do this thing and I want to become like a whatever, whatever, mm -hmm. and it's a profession that's so different or even not even maybe looked at as you know, as cool or as successful as the other ones, there will be hate. Like there will be people that are like, no, don't do that. Like, mm -hmm. no, don't do that. Why would you want to do that? But it's like, you have to kind of follow what, like, this is the plan I've set out for me. And I think this also is important, like with people who want to be entrepreneurs, because like it's not for everybody. Just because yeah. it's glamorized doesn't mean it's for everybody. Like, I don't think anyone should shit on somebody's ability to like make a life for themselves. If it works for them, mm -hmm. if you have a nine to five, you probably get paid vacation time. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't have the kind of benefits you have, you know, so like you can't. You have to not judge that, but you have to let people decide for themselves like, and define for themselves what kind of life they'd like to live, mm -hmm. what kind of job that includes, what kind of city or town or not city or town they want to live in. You Because know, those are variables. Move. You can yeah. be a guide or a source, but don't, you don't have control over those things. And uh, I think that's sometimes even just taking on – we talk about taking on so much in the entrepreneurial space, um, transitioning. You want to do any and everything, but you become a master of none and your time, right? How. Yeah. How do you value your time more now than ever? Well, I have like what they would call like a lifestyle job, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean I just talk about lifestyle. It means that like I've created a space that like I have things in my lifestyle that I like. Like I don't, I like not having to get up and go somewhere. And that doesn't, that doesn't to, just yeah. happen though. No. So. But you also, this is the thing. It's not that it doesn't just happen, but that like you take a lot of like take a lot of hits along the way mm -hmm. like it's a compromise like it's always a compromise like i gave up stability in one place because i wanted to have freedom in another 
And, and that in itself, you talk about anxiety, stress, mental yeah. health. Yeah. Like, when your basic needs, you don't know where all that is really coming from sometimes. We spoke about this at a panel the other night, too. And um, not we, but you could have come. Um, I, <laughs> I, didn't get, I didn't get the invite. No, right. Sorry. Next a little one, too I'm there. late. I, next one, Send I'm the there. Send the memo your way. All right. Um, but we spoke about it, and I was like, you know, you have to decide what's, what really you want and need. Because if you're doing the whole, like, I'm trying to follow my passion, I'm trying to follow my purpose, but your basic needs aren't met, you're going to be so stressed out that mm-hmm. you don't even want to do the thing you thought you liked. And like you were talking about burnout, you'll get where you're like, I don't even like this thing anymore. Yeah. Sometimes hobbies are best saved as hobbies, or like a side hustle is best saved as a side hustle. It's It's like if you really think you can do that and not like hate yourself at the end of it and you see an end and, and the lifestyle you want at the end of that path mm-hmm. in an ideal setting, like then you can go for it and then accept that it might fail. Like there's a lot of women who started businesses or companies, like even in circles, I say women because it's circles that I'm in that like after two or three years said, you know what? I have to go back to a regular job. Yeah, It's not, the money's not coming in the way I need it to. The stress, I'm so stressed out. It's not working. This isn't the lifestyle I wanted. Like the freedom is actually maddening for me. Like, you know, so it's just, listening to yourself about what isn't isn't going to work for you and then knowing that like yes sometimes it does get really dark before it gets bright but sometimes it just gets dark yeah there's a there's a book called i think it's called the dip which is about like when to quit like a thoughtful process of when to quit when just wrap because if you're going in the wrong direction and you keep going is is like so shameful but it's like no everything is a there's there's something about like there's not mistakes it's just learning experiences yeah you know I, I agree with that. I think that's a, a, a misconception. If you're going in the wrong direction and you keep going every step, you're mm-hmm. you're going in the opposite direction. You're getting farther and farther away from the end goal, which, you know, some people don't always even uh, even have mapped out. Well, there's um, a lot of pride in that, too. Yeah. You put so much time. I mean, shit, we do that in relationships, too. But you invest in something. You put time. You give of yourself. You know, you make all these sacrifices and you think, mm-hmm. I have to give this up. So like, I will make this so I want to touch base and, you know, we're getting to the end of the show. Um, can you give me five moments that were the most, five of the most difficult moments you had to endure in your career and how you came out of them? Oh, God. It can be rapid fire, just quick, a, a, a kind of quick hitting. But I think a lot of the hardest moments in my career are things that are personal. Like they're not even, they're not public. Mm-hmm. They're like struggles I had within my own life in terms of what I was doing and how I was going about it and the things that, like the jobs I was having to take that like didn't fit with what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and like having that whole process of feeling like I'm so educated. Why am I here? You know, just like the internal struggle and the internal battle with like who you know you are and who you think you are and who you want to be and how the things you're doing aren't always lining up with that. I think that's a really tough part. Um, Having to like sit and like really work on something for a little while because like for there was a year or two in there and this was supposed to be rapid fire forgive me um (laughs) where i had these like grand ideas i was going to move to all these places and like i was really just working to travel and then i thought well i'll just do it next year and then it like this is not how it it ended up because I didn't plan it out at all. And like, yeah. so having to say, Claire, like your really idealistic goals didn't make any sense. Like, like kind of hitting myself with reality for a moment. So what? That's tough. What, but do, it's what, what do you think? This, this might be a better way to put it. So yeah. what do you think are five big downfalls of people who are transitioning into a new space? A downfall or like challenges? Uh, we can go challenges. Five, five challenges are five of the biggest struggles that people deal with transitioning into a new space. Cause you're, you've done it in yoga. You've done it 
you know, where you're going now. And while things are positive. Okay. So we'll just use myself as an example. Okay. Like I'll not try to sp- the five biggest the challenges. What face. are the five biggest challenges that Claire Fountain has had to endure? It's a steep climb. First off, it's a steep climb. Okay. Sometimes transitions are a steep climb because like you're not taking the easy route. The easy route is just to do what's expected of you mm-hmm. and to do like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know, like, you know, you don't have to change because it's kind of working. So it's a steep climb. That can be discouraging at times or disheartening because it's like, man, I'm doing what I feel the best doing and like it's not clicking. You know, that goes back to your why. That's what keeps you going. Yeah, but if no one is supporting your why, it's tough. You know, like you have a rally and there's only one person with a little balloon who's like, I support your new mental health (laughs) book. You know what? I still know it's a good book. Like, Like, let's just say this is happening. This is all hypothetical. You know, I still know it's good, but it's still like, man, why didn't it catch on? You know, when you're like, hmm, should I have just done what they wanted me to do and felt, you know, like I've sold my soul in some way, which is just, I can't do that. So that's probably the the counterbalance to that that does keep me going. It's like, I can't do it. The other ones are like um, unfamiliar territory. Like you might have challenges you don't even know you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think like on a really like honest space is you – some people think, well, if I just like leap, the net will appear. That's fun and great. But the financials are real. Bills, it's, it's a real Bills deal. are real. Rent is real. You know, like the lifestyle you want is real. Like there's a certain way I like and I want to live. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, are you willing to take the hit or the potential hit? Because like, you know, a lot of things are like, I'm predicting that I'll do this. Not just me, but anybody. I'm predicting to do this or these numbers. Say you don't hit them. What happens then? Yep. You know, how are you going to either bounce back? What's your plan B? What's your plan C? How are you going to navigate those challenges? So that- I think the financial aspect is something where I'm like – I tell people, I'm like, there's this dream of like, oh, we'll just all quit our jobs and have like freedom and we don't have to answer to this or the man or we all answer it's, to someone, be it our a, clients or other, but we all answer to someone. It's business, it's strategy. Yeah. And you, it, it, no matter what you want to do in life, you still have to take in you, – you have to have a strategy. You have to have a plan. Um, this is what we talk about, the game plan, mm-hmm. to finding success in that space, but also being prepared for the unknown and then it's how you handle those situations. So Yeah. Like resilience is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of like I have a lot of acceptance. Like I just have radical acceptance. Mm-hmm. I'm not always happy with things, but I have an acceptance about them. Yep. And acceptance is where growth happens, right? So you just kind of have to accept it. Like this is it. And I think being honest about that, like being honest about your flaws or being honest about the things you're good at or things you're bad at and then growing from there. Yeah. That vulnerability is – People think vulnerable is is such a bad word Hmm. and, you know, willing to just break down those barriers, uh, you know, put pride aside a little bit. And then sometimes you have to hit rock bottom. What's that thing? The biggest, the greatest factor for change is humility. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And I think, you know, the greatest success stories and some of the most influential people in the world have all hit rock bottom, not once, twice, you know, numerous times. It just may be in a different way, shape, or form. Yeah, and it's all defined by the person, right? Mm-hmm. Like somebody's low point may not be your low point, or it may from the outside looking in, they think it's not so low. But all right. we've all had moments where we're like, I don't even know if what I'm doing is this is I don't even know. All right. You so know? so so with that being said, we we gotta close out and I gotta ask, what what's your game plan? My game plan. What is your game plan? Woo! Write these books. Get write this, these books. Get this license and checks. get off the internet. <laughs> no, um, but really, <laughs> I would love to transition into. I mean, I'm doing it now in like really 
Mm -hmm. delicate ways. But yeah, transition to not being so forward facing, outsource a lot of the things in a public space, still maintain my views and like my presence, but have it not be so much about just me and not having to cater to that all the time. And then how, what I'm in my mid thirties, I want like some little mini me's running around little and mini like me's. want to travel and just not have to report to anybody. And mm-hmm. like, I think, you know, we live in a space where like nothing's real if you don't report on it. Like if I don't post it, did it happen? Yeah. And I really want to be like, I want to be admired for the things I don't post. Well, and, and, and also it's, you're working towards freedom. I think social media, any of this digital space has held a lot of people hostage to a degree. You can position yourself. And that's the irony, right? Because they think if I work on the internet, then I have freedom because I can travel and move around. But it's Mm -hmm. like, no, that stuff doesn't stop. It's 24 hours a day. Yeah. And fighting for, yeah, just that time and your time and it's on your own terms. Um, So with that being said, who are are some of the types of people and types of brands that you – you want to be connected to moving forward. Oh, man. Right now, the ones that excite me the most, because I am, like, I'm a seeker. I look stuff out. Like, if I'm interested in something, I dig into, like, who created it, where it came from, what are the brands that are associated with it, who else falls under this umbrella? You know, oh, do they work with so-and-so? Oh, like, who reviewed that for them? Mm, there's this doctor on staff. Where do mm-hmm. they work? Like, I'm, I dig into information, but in terms of brands, I really look at like what comes to me and I explore why it could be beneficial for people, like why this is necessary or why it's not necessary. How can we position it as something that's helpful and beneficial to Mm -hmm. talk about, but also ones that are doing things that like really help people, not just women, but really help people. So a lot in the mental health space, anything that's doing resources or outreach for mental health advocacy stuff Mm -hmm. for people who may not even know therapy is an option for them. Um, anything in those spaces, um, new it, ways. There's one that I'm, I was excited about the other day that we were working on some content and it's like, um, you know, easier ways to get birth control mm-hmm. for women and like just going through the numbers of why that's important, you know, sexual wellness or because I can't be in health and wellness if I don't talk about all aspects of it, right? It's uh, not just compl- working just like out total body well, yeah, and your skin. Health. It's also like a complete aspect. Yeah. A complete and I think it's honest and that's the content people actually do want more because mm-hmm. the rest of it is just super saturated yeah like, we it's a can topic find... set no one wants to talk yeah. about but they're real world topics yeah. and again you're you're passionate uh, obviously your energy uh for those who are listening um you'll definitely hope hope you can feel it but uh no it's exciting to see everything unfold and uh really appreciate you taking the time so for anyone that wants to connect with you how can they get in touch with with Miss Claire Fountain. Oh, hey. I mean, of course, Instagram. Do it I'm for like, the gram. I'm just enough of a millennial to be able to drop that like instead <laughs> of a business card, right? Okay. So it's at CB Quality. Right. And then uh, the websites are completely being redone right now, but you can still find them somehow. But mm-hmm. yeah, Instagram for sure. All right. And then, uh, yeah, you can just find my email through there. They've made it very easy. Yeah. So you can find... Claire at CB quality on Instagram. And that's interesting. Like, you know, I always think about people's Instagram handles and why they came up with that name. Is there, uh, what's the story behind CB quality? Man, I never wanted to have that be like what I was known for on some level. It's good. Cause it did at some point give me like, well, it's not my name. I felt like some, you know, I got to be a little anonymous, but that is totally not the case. They will find you put your <laughs> name with it. I mean, I just created it. I never wanted to be quote unquote famous on the internet. Like mm-hmm. this was not my goal. Um, I don't chase fame. I don't want fame. So this wasn't something I put t- much stock in at all. Yeah. It was, um, I had a 
crazy person I was dating at the time who didn't want my name on the internet. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I was literally posting pictures of a farm and cupcakes. Like, that's maybe like, some hey, yeah, that's photos. an account I would follow. Yeah. And hey, hey, farm, farm photos. I grew up in South Dakota. I'm really? a farm boy. Oh, yeah. So farm, farm boy. State New York. Okay. Mm. And I like cupcakes. Perfect. So I had a fun account, but it just wasn't me. There it is. And CB was a nickname of mine. And then of course I like forever believe that it's quality over quantity that it's Mm -hmm. like about the substance it's not about how many people ironic considering it's social media no but it but that is yeah so it's stuck and then because so much has been like published with that attached to it i now have to kind of take a different ownership of it yeah but it's nice because that's segueing more into like the lifestyle brand where all the fitness the yoga the all that kind of stuff will live and then i get to go off and be me like the author the writer the person who like the therapist i mean i get to have my life again in that sense Mm -hmm. well and, and and again it's however whatever the reason initially for for it being created uh there's no doubt about the quality of your brand the direction you're going uh and again it'll be very exciting to continue to follow the journey and all the amazing things that you're doing so i think that's that should be good all right thank you all right thank you so much for joining us today hey thank you everybody for for listening today i'm looking forward to another great conversation next week and until then what's your game plan i am a champion i'm winning i'll win it all the Game Plan with Dale Moss is produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019, the Dale Moss brand, all rights reserved. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.